Welcome to At The Counter, the show that takes the conversations had at the counter of your local comic book store and brings them to the internet. And for the record, we're, we're sorry. sorry. I'm Marcus Antea. And I'm Christian Kenty. We're coming to you from the Frugal Dutchman, a kind of nerdvana here in lovely Ridgeway, Ontario. It's a comic book, action figure, gaming, antique, and all-around nifty store. I'm a random customer who's a big nerd from way back. And I'm the store owner. And we've been having these conversations for years with other people dropping in and out to add points, and we've decided to share them with you. So take a trip with us down the nerdy rabbit hole to overhear the conversations that happen at, at the, the counter. counter. Okay, Christian, you have a uh, topic today that I know nothing about. So what do we got? So we're going to talk about some fan theories. I, I got suckered this week. <laughs> as as one does and i don't spend as a rule i don't spend a lot of time on facebook but i happen to be on doing a business thing and of course you scroll momentarily through your wall of things and i got suckered by this one because it was like 40 plus they and they got me with the tagline i know better yeah but they got me with the tagline 40 plus fans there's like yep gotta know <laughs> clickbait baby right? i got baited uh i i will admit it doesn't happen often i'm usually much more was uh, it was it buzzfeed no it wasn't a buzzfeed because buzzfeed one. is a masturbator yeah <laughs> um what's the word i'm looking for i'm usually much more disciplined is yeah. the word I was like, it's it's there. I'm going to be bugged until I can think of it. All right. All so right. Hit so me with some I, I couldn't find the one that I'd found. I thought I had sent it to myself, but I didn't. So, I mean, it's not hard to find fan theories on the internet. No, let's see which ones I've heard of, which ones I haven't, and let's debunk. Breaking Bad is a Walking Dead prequel. I've heard that one. I had never heard this one. I just saw it now, and I'm like... I'm always by the title. Like, they've got the description below it, but you catch me with the theory itself. I can see it. I I haven't watched all of Breaking Bad. I've watched a couple episodes, but I know kind of where the whole thing goes. Well, I can say honestly, I've never watched either ep- either show. So. Oh, Walking Dead is phenomenal. I I know. I just I got out of my horror phase a long time ago, and I haven't got around to watching Walking Dead. I'm a bad nerd. Like whatever. for for me, that one <laughs> that was the worst part. Is Walking Dead took me forever to actually watch because we've talked about this. I suck at jump scares. That's part of why I don't like horror movies in general. I you could put any kind of disturbing imagery, I, whatever, because I love seeing special effects and stuff, and so I can see through most of it. I don't like jump scares. <laughs> I'm not good at being startled, um, which we learned with the bird yesterday, right? I don't like being startled. Things flying at my head. Okay, we're gonna tangent right away. We are. Have you uh, seen? Have you seen a show called Release the Hounds? No, but we've talked about yeah, that. I don't know if yeah. we talked about it on air, but <laughs> if you can find a place to watch it, if you're a horror person, go find it. It is absolutely hysterical. It's basically an escape room game. But once you find the key in the escape room, one of you peels away, goes to this dog run, and however much time it took you to find the key, that's where the gate stops. And you have to get from the starting gate to the end of the dog room and up the ladder before the attack dogs bring you down. I'm that's the really There's worst nothing good about this. fastest possible explanation, <laughs> but it is absolutely hysterical to watch. I laughed so hard. My Lori brought it to me. I watched the first episode and I was like, are there more of those? She goes, "Yep, here's number 2." I think we watched about 6 of them in a row and like these are amazing. And the first year they did it, they didn't tell anybody what they were yeah. doing. They just had an ad that said 
athletic teams of three cash prizes new tv show go <laughs> and it's hysterical anyway sorry back to walking yeah, dead so uh walking dead and it's been around for long enough there's no spoiler involved uh the first episode has which if somebody can explain to me why this needed to exist in the show i'd love to understand it because the first opening you get to walking dead is rick grimes walking through town as his cop self, right? Um, and he's, it's this really eerie quiet, right? And I'm like, and I know going in, this is about zombies, yeah. right? People get, you know, it's not a secret. It's called The Walking Dead. <laughs> I mean, it kind of self explains itself. Plus, I had seen some of the material from uh, the Image comics. Right. So I had context, but I'm looking at this thing and it's just this dead quiet, like not even the windmill in the background quiet, like just nothing to the point where I thought the speakers on my TV yeah. weren't working. Right. He's just walking through and I'm like, frick, there's zombies in it. Something is going to freaking jump out at me. <laughs> and I get like two minutes through because it's like this seven minute sequence. It's a long sequence. I'm like, Nope, can't do it. Turn it off. <laughs> I had to come back to it probably six times. Wow. And it was about the same amount of time. We were like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> Finally, somebody explained it. He's like, no, no, no. Nothing happens. I'm like, you're not screwing with me. <laughs> no, no, no. You need to watch the series. Nothing happens. <laughs> Nothing jumps out at you. The maybe biggest scare you'll get out of the whole thing is it will transition to something where people are talking and you won't expect it. That's you know, you're not gonna have the the whole what is it the old commercial that had the or the thing where the car is driving through the meadow and then all of a sudden the zombie ah! <laughs> gets you right. That's what unsettles me about things. So I, I finally got past it. By far, such an amazing show to watch. So oh, you definitely it. missed out on it. Uh, but that's <laughs> I the, haven't watched the last couple seasons either. And, that's and the same. Kids, that's the but, same feeling I was having when I was playing Portal. Yeah. I I come off a shift. I wasn't tired. I was at my buddy's place. We started playing Portal, and I felt my neck start to tighten and everything. My shoulders were hunched. I was waiting for the jump scare. And there's almost no jump scares in in Portal. Other than the turret shooting at you, there's nothing that jumps out at you like Bioshock or whatever. I'm just like, okay, time to go to bed. And I turned it off, went to bed. But anyways, okay. So I don't the, know the that if, if you haven't watched, like neither of us has watched Breaking Bad. Well, I know the basic right? story of Breaking Bad. I feel Bad. like I don't have enough information to make this, like to properly talk about this then. Well, basically, I know enough about Walking Dead. I thought you'd have something to say about Breaking Bad. Basically, what Breaking Bad is is this guy's a high school chemistry yeah. teacher. He's very intelligent. He gets cancer and he can't afford to pay for it. I'm sure there's other stuff. Don't get me wrong, guys. I haven't watched it. This is just what I kind of have gleaned over the years. And so he decides, as a last resort, he's going to start cooking meth because meth is a big sale item in their area. And he cooks a very pure, very specific formulation. Walter's White. Walter's White, yeah. So he's got a very specific formula. And now we're saying that the formula that he uses for his specific kind of meth is what leads to the zombie apocalypse. Fair enough. I, I can see that. Aren't they both on the same? No, one's on HBO, one's AMC, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that, that doesn't count. Yeah, AMC is Walking Dead and then 
Breaking Bad. I think Breaking Bad was HBO. Oh yeah, Breaking Bad was definitely yeah. HBO. So All right, yeah, well, I, like was... I said, I don't have a, quite enough information to make a detailed analysis, but that sounds about right. I'm okay with that one. That's a that's a decent theory. Okay, there's, go ahead. There's connection there. This one kind of ties me up because I like it. Uh, Sandy died at the beginning of Greece. Yes, that one yeah. I've heard this many one I've, times. I've come around a couple times. This was on the other list that I'd found. And now. that's Ooh. that's why at the, again, this would be a lot of spoilers if you haven't seen very old movies. Sorry, <laughs> they've been around long enough. <laughs> that's that's why they fly away at the end in the car. That's right. her going to heaven. She at the begin in the song is "I saved your life." She nearly drowned. She actually did drown. Yeah. And was in a coma and all this is her living out her life fantasy wise to get to where she's happy enough to go to heaven. Well, and it explains a lot of the side sequences as well, right? Yeah. Because you've got the grease lightning sequence where it's a completely different set, right? You've got beauty school dropout, right? You've got, you've got all these musical numbers, which I mean, you can explain away as the idea that it's, it is very much filmed like a stage play because it was intended to be done that way. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, these sequences make sense in theatrical stage transition, right. To give more body to the whole thing. And but when you, you put it that way, it's like, I can see these as being hallucinogenic moments. Right. And if you really <laughs> pay attention in things like beauty school dropout, not only are the girls, all the ones in the curlers mm-hmm. and rolls and stuff, all the angels that are coming out are all the boys. Yep. So it's all the same people. It's like a Dorothy Wizard of Oz thing. All the same people are there and yep. everything. So, so uh, I I really like that one. So we're not we're not at uh, debunking anything yet. No, nope, we're still good so far. I'm gonna let you get the uh, next one in. All right. I'm just gonna walk over here. Yep. Uh, Jack in Titanic. Time traveler. Time traveler. I mean. Could have fit on the door is another one, but <laughs> which, by the way, we'll step to that for a second. The math was done. He, he would have fit. Uh, uh, no, <laughs> the only way he would have fit is if they took the life jackets off and put them under the door, which no sane person would have thought of. Maybe that's why we're crazy enough to survive. <laughs> well, I mean, at, at that time, at that in that day and age, you have a life preserver. It will let you float. If you take it off and you fall off, you're gone. Like there's no Fair that enough. kind of safety thing wouldn't occur to them. But anyways, there's many things wrong with Titanic, but we won't go on that one. But if I let me see if I got this right. So Jack is from the future. He's from the future because he talks about summering up at some lake that wasn't in existence lake in 1912. Yep. Uh, he talked about doing uh, the roller coaster or the Ferris wheel or something roller at Coney Island. Roller coaster on Santa Monica Pier. Or Santa Monica Pier, which didn't occur till like the that 1930s wasn't until or something. The, yeah, I want to say 1936. Yeah, or so all these things would have no, been. About. It would have been pre war. Yeah, I don't know. It, yeah. It, Anyways, it was everything not he talks about was like yeah. 20 years previous. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken. And he, has a, he has a backpack. Which was not common at that time. Yeah, it was a very so, unusual thing for somebody to have. As far as I know, the reasoning behind it is he had to go back to save her life to make sure that the future turned out right. To keep Rose from dying by suicide because that would have caused a delay in the ship's course. Right. And potentially kept the Titanic from crashing. Right. I knew there was something like that. Yeah, because if she jumped overboard, they'd have stopped to try and find her and rescue her, which means the iceberg timing would not have happened properly. Which leads to deeper questions of what terribly evil person was on the Titanic. (laughs) 
<laughs> that um, needed to be stopped. <laughs> no, not necessarily, but there's a lot of things from the Titanic forward, safety regulations, things that changed <laughs> that that they had to install because of the disaster for the Titanic. And I mean there would there wouldn't have been a movie about it. Yeah, of course. Did you know that some he, Canadians believe that that Titanic movie thing was a real story? It's so bizarre. It was a wonderful movie, but these people think it's real. I actually saw someone say that online. I didn't want to reach through my phone and strangle them. But no, I mean, they did the same thing with, um, what was that, Time Travel? Oh, timeless? No, not Timeless. Yeah, Timeless. With oh, I like Timeless. That was the one with the back and forth with the... With the with Rittenhouse. Rittenhouse. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love time. They went back to such a well done ensure that the Hindenburg blew up. Yep. And they couldn't do it enough time as it was landing, so they made sure it happened the next day as it took off. Because the Hindenburg is a huge thing that had domino effects. Great. And that's the kind of thing. If if things like saying I'm gonna go back in time and kill Hitler as a baby is all well and good, but there's so many repercussions from that act that as horrible as World War II was, the number of things that came out of it, technologically wise, atomic energy, jet engines, all those things would not exist. Well, even just the idea that we can't let that happen again. Yes. Right? To, to say Hitler was the only person who could have accomplished such a thing, yeah, it's, it's giving him a bit of credit. I mean, you want to hope, but... At some point, someone down the line, if left unchecked, is going to pull the trigger. And on that, those that right? cannot remember the past are doomed to repeat exactly. it. And if we don't have that past to remember, we're definitely going to repeat it in some way, some way, shape, or form. All right. So I, I, I kind of, I'm kind of digging the the Titanic thing. I, I feel like as far as what we've talked about so far, that one's the bigger stretch. Um, it's a bit of a stretch. It, it could be just attributed to lazy writing like so many other things that were well, I wrong mean, with that's, that that's one of those things for period pieces all the time like when i worked uh I, I used to work in a gun shop right and one of the guy one of their gun experts we had come in to assess things all the time would tell me about that with movies because we'd talk about movies because it's like i like talking about movies or something yeah uh, <laughs> but we'd talk about movies and he'd always point out certain movies like all right next time you're watching this film from this scene to this scene different gun he's like it's just lazy it's just a prop guy i was like yeah that's a six shooter go ahead and use that one and you can tell they're very different six pieces but you know most people aren't paying attention to the gun (laughs) unless it's dirty harry the most most famous the the most famous one of that is the uh stars in titanic neil degrasse tyson went to the theater watched the thing, looked at the stars above the Titanic in the night scenes, noticed that not only were they the wrong stars for that hemisphere in that time of year, they had thrown a bunch of stars up on half of it and then mirror flipped it to the other side to save money. And he tweeted about it kind of laughing. And then when they did the 20th anniversary (laughs) re-release... He and went back and mastered it with the right stars, just so he wouldn't hear Neil just deGrasse Tyson him. whine about it. Again. So, just like, but again, there's so many inaccuracies in Titanic that it's kind of terrifying. But all in all, still a good movie, still a good story. 
I don't mind that Jack is a. It doesn't take or uh, it doesn't add or subtract. No, it's just a neat theory. I, I kind of like that. Those are my favorite theories. Are the ones that are like, yeah, it's a separate thing. Yeah, uh, it's kind of all right. It's that's something to think about. How much do you know about Always Sunny? Almost nothing. Nothing. All right, we're gonna skip over that one. Okay. Uh, just because it. The theory is that Always Sunny characters don't actually look like that. I don't have context for that one. If if you'd seen it, I'd have thrown it to you. But uh, you know, somebody go ahead and have fun with that one. Let's see. Let's see if we get some of the ones that I know of off the uh, off the list there. So. Uh, Scooby Doo. Which part of Scooby Doo is about kids trying to draft dodge? I've never heard that no? one. Okay, so according to this, this is not my opinion. Yep. This is according. to All this. of these uh, fan theories are according to our friend the internet. According to the internet, the cartoon mystery franchise Scooby Doo never really explained why ragtag group of four dissimilar teenagers decided to travel in a van to no known destination. So. A fan developed an origin story theory. As the show premiered in 1969, the same year Vietnam War was at its height, the Scooby Gang is driving to Canada to escape the draft. The theory posits that the clean-cut Fred was drafted but ran away to be with fiance Daphne, while hippie Shaggy and activist Velma joined them and they were both op- as they both opposed the war themselves. This would explain how they end up in so many weird places. Yeah, like little nowhere backwater <laughs> yeah. places. Nowhere like they, they just drive into a town all of a sudden. And it's it's very, if I remember correctly, they're very loose about the premise of why they end up anywhere. Right? It's, oh, well, Mystery Inc. is, you know, at no point does it seem like anybody called them. <laughs> they yeah, just no, they came just, across this stuff. Everywhere they go, there's a man in a mask. Yeah. Which is kind of weird in and of itself. They're like, how many people That's are running around? That's I'm sure there's a whole thing to that too, but yeah. So I I can buy this. I want to try and that doesn't point bother me. Is there more than one Scooby Doo on that list? No, that's the only one. Okay, because the other one is it's not exactly a fan theory, but it's the theory that Scooby Doo Two Monsters Unleashed happens has to happen before the original Scooby Doo movie, live action stuff. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It has to happen. The opposite direction, because if it happens in the way it happens, they go on the premise that those ghosts and monsters couldn't possibly be real because there's no such thing as magic and everything can be explained by science. When the movie before Scrappy-Doo literally had a book of magic and was doing magic in front of like there was no Mm. there was no question that there was magic involved. Yeah, that's yeah, there's so if you watch them in the wrong order. It makes it a makes lot more sense. sense. <laughs> I've never actively watched the movies. I've I've had them on. It's one of those things that I turn on as white noise show. They're all right? fun. They're I mean, fun. I enjoyed them. Like Scooby, the Scooby they got really well. Yeah. Like Scooby Doo and Shaggy, that dynamic is bang on. And then and then uh, Matthew Lillard for years did Scooby in all the cartoons. Velma, eh. Fred and and Daphne, I don't think they did them justice properly, but Scooby and Shaggy were bang on. Yeah, I I feel like uh, Velma was maybe the right casting, but wasn't written well. Yeah, it wasn't written properly. Right? She she play uh, what the heck is her name? Freaks and Geeks. Laura. Uh, uh, oh God, now it's gone out of my brain. Right. She's uh, Agent Thirteen. Yeah. Linda Cardinelli. Linda Cardinelli, thank you. 
I knew it was an L. <laughs> Agent um, 13, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Those of you who know what we're talking about, you know what we're talking about. We're not going into it. Like, she's she's a phenomenal actress. I, I love most things she's in. I say most. There's some stuff that's you got to take a job. I've not been super disappointed by her performances and things. Again, that one, I think, came down to writing. Yeah, uh, she made a great a little... Velma, but I think the writing was just not proper there. Yeah. And then, I mean, what was it? it? Was it Space Jam? No. What? Oh, it's uh, Looney Tunes back in action. I haven't seen that. Oh, no? no. With uh, with uh, Brendan uh, Fraser? Yeah. They go through the cafeteria at Warner Brothers, and animated Scooby and Shaggy are, like, tearing a strip off of Matthew Lillard for making them look stupid in the movie. <laughs> like, it's a yeah. nice little meta piece of... It's fun. It's a, it's just a fun little thing that they threw in there. And it's, like, those little ones that just skate past. Those are my favorite things oh, in I movies. Love it. The little throwaway lines. Anyways, we've talked about that before. So, going on. Uh, the Rugrats are all figments of Angelica's imagination. Uh, not quite. Dill. Not Dill. Um, Tommy. Tommy uh, died. And Angelica filled in all the rest of it in her head. So, they are figments, but they are. she's using the death of Tommy to sort of deal with it. And the only reason Dill makes goo goo baby noises is because she filled in the rest of them with words but dill's a real baby so he has no she can't fill in his words because he's a real baby it's dark that one's dark that's that's right yeah because i'm reading through the rest of this i don't want to have this conversation but um for all sorts of reasons uh (laughs) but yeah this is this is rough yeah it's really dark so uh All right. This this is probably the easiest one for who didn't put this even when I first saw this movie I put this together and that was when I was younger. Uh the peddler in Aladdin is the genie. Well, yeah. Oh yeah, that, that's That's not that, a that's, fan theory. That's that's, that's not a fan a theory. Thing. That's a thing. Yeah. Like they even sound the same. But here's the weird thing. Is that well, the both, only Aladdin one both. there? Uh yes. Okay, so. cuz the other fan theory I've heard from Aladdin is Aladdin isn't a long time ago. It is in a post-apocalyptic world. I mean, I can see that being possible. Because the genie makes a lot of references to modern things. Yeah. Now, he did it because Robin Williams just went crazy on it. Like, he did whatever he wanted to do, and they just animated it. But Jack Nicholson, all kinds of different things, and he says he's been stuck in there for 10,000 years. We've only had recorded history for two, mm. roughly. Well, let's say three, just to be generous. So 3,000 years of recorded history. He's been stuck in the Cave of Wonders for 10. So he was alive during now. There's an apocalypse. Everything gets wiped out and civilization has rebuilt itself. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and that's why he has so many references to Jay Leno and, and uh, you know, uh, Jack Nicholson and stop signs and blink and like it's all his knowledge that these guys have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> but I like that. so yeah, ten thousand years he would have no, he wouldn't have had any a- uh, access to any of that information if it wasn't a long time ago. So, anyways, uh, Finding Nemo. Do you have this one? Uh, is that I- the- I'm enjoying playing. See if you can guess the fan theory uh, at this point. Is it the fan theory that uh, Marlin? there's no nemo 
Marvin's yes. just that's him dealing with the loss of his wife and all of it. Yeah, daughter. this one I have a hard time with. But yes, uh, Nemo was an imaginary device for Marlin to cope with his wife's death and finding Nemo. In, I I don't buy that. There's too much working against it for me, right? You're you're presupposing that Marlin is just existing within a broken mental state of never leaving the anatomy at that point, because Nemo physically interacts with other fish apart from Marlin. Yes. Right? And even with him near around is far-fetched enough, like him going to school and, and the whole Nemo touch the butt thing, right? That's a technically an aside from Marlin's presence. Yeah, yeah he's right? not there. And then the he gets part. swept up and he's put in the tank. Like, there's... No, that... That doesn't make sense to me. Like he interacts apart, completely apart in the story. That right? one, I that one, so I that don't one, buy. I have a little bit. Of, like I get where it's coming from, but I have a hard time with. Yeah. So uh, that one we've debunked. So one, I, most of this, one most debunked. of this is based on the fact that in Latin, Nemo translates to no one. Yes. Right. Which is why Nemo. Uh, that's a really weak connection. Which is me. why Nemo yeah. took the name in 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Yeah. Because he was Captain Nobody. Yeah. Because he was completely aloof from everything. Walter White was Malcolm from Malcolm in the Middle, which is just a desirable thing yeah. for like Walter to be Malcolm because of uh, John, what is it, John Krasinski. No, uh, what am I thinking about? No, it's um, that's, that's totally the wrong thing. Brian Cranston. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I went the wrong direction on that wrong show. Oh, it's not where uh, I thought you were going with that at all. But anyways, go ahead. Because well, Brian Cranston plays Malcolm's father. Yeah, yeah, and he yeah. plays Walter, right? Like I said, I think that's a. I, you really want it to be a thing, but I don't think there's enough there to. Support. No, there's there's enough actors that go to other places and do things. Like, I'm currently re-watching Last Man Standing, the Tim Allen one. Yeah. Oh, and they keep bringing in actors and things from <laughs> other things that he's done yep. or that other people have done. And they make fun of it. Well, and the fact that they bring in JTT. Yeah. But they break him in it because they bring him in as his own character in the show which becomes something of an ongoing thing. Yep. Right? And they turn it into a possible love interest thing with Kristen and stuff like that. But then they have him do the token walk-on when Jill is on the show, right, as, oh, no, this is my mom. Hey. <laughs> <Right>? Yeah, he goes, <laughs> like, well, he, no, but it's he, not. And, and he's shaving. He doesn't have to go to or anything. Like, it's a totally different thing. And he actually says, hi, I'm Randy. Yeah. Like they're they're they it they're all laughing about like it's they can't legit, keep a straight a face. Little, yeah, but that particular fun. episode where they run into Patricia Heaton. No, Patricia Heaton is everybody loves Raymond. That's oh Deborah. no, you're right. Uh, it's not it's not Patricia. I always forget her name. Anyways, I feel bad about it. That's why I always refer to as her as Jill, Jill. because it's the easiest way to. Well, they bring her <laughs> in. Not only do they do the Wilson joke with the neighbor Heidi Ho neighbor yep. from across the fence, of course. All the transitions are tool time yes. style transmissions. Oh yeah, it's going throughout all his tools are Binford tools in his in his shed. I never noticed that. Oh yeah, he's got a big Binford <laughs> Binford toolbox. Oh yeah, they make a lot of jokes. Like Jay Leno came in and he says, "Yeah, I've had a lot of extra time in my hands since I retired for the second time." You know, like they they yeah. make a lot of good jokes of, of guest stars 
who are well known for other things. And I like when they do that. Like Ugh. everybody knows it's funny. I'm Anyways. sorry. I'm swinging back yeah. around to this Malcolm in the Middle thing because I'm I, reading I don't through buy the it. theory. All right. So the theory suggests that Malcolm grew up to be Walter White. Malcolm was very intelligent, had a knack for chemistry, which is a, just a weak connection. Yeah. You know, ooh, two people can't be good at chemistry. But was also stubborn and manipulative, uh, which are also shared qualities with Walter. Again, still yeah, very it's... broad. Plus, he would probably grow up to look like his father. Maybe. All right. That one's getting me closer. I'm uh, still not there, but it that one kind of pulls me in. It's still a spider web of connection. Uh, Malcolm's surname is never spoken in the show, uh, but you see that he has a very special relationship with his grandfather and his dad's side, Walter. I'm still not there, but that pulls me about halfway. No, because he would have been <laughs> Malcolm White, yeah, not, not Walter White. Like right? he wouldn't so, have changed his name to Walter. So, so what we're really talking about is the fact that we believe that Malcolm's grandfather is Walter. White. <laughs> but how? When he started the zombie apocalypse, right? Anyways, okay. So many things. I, I don't buy that one at all. That one I think is a little far off the beaten path there. This one feels like a leap as well. Eric is in a coma for half of that 70s show. Why? So Eric is in a coma for a second half. In season four, episode 15, so right around the halfway mark of the series, I think they went nine seasons, if I'm okay. not mistaken. I might be wrong about that. Don't quote me. Eric ventures out into a tornado while everyone else is at snow prom to pick up Donna from her radio station. So he goes to pick her up. Okay. That's poorly written. In a subsequent scene, you can hear an announcer on the radio say that the warning has been lifted and that a local teen is in critical condition. If this teen was Eric, none of his friends or family would know until after the storm died down, and that's when his comatose mind would take over the storytelling in an attempt to imagine his life going on as normal. Uh, his mind finally finds peace in the end as he imagines his friends and family living without him and shows up to say one last goodbye in the final be- or finale before dying. Uh, if, uh, they don't, <laughs> if that 90s show isn't a thing right now already, yeah. I would say maybe, but yeah. there's a much better coma theory than Eric's in a coma. Yeah. So the worst part is my brain is justifying certain things. And I'm in no way saying I'm buying into this, but there's a really great section in those in the last season where Eric is in Africa, right? Okay. That and he's in and out, in and out, in and out. He's only here for an episode here and an episode there, and there's only ever talk about him, and that's like him trying to get back. Right? <laughs> he's leaving the internal monologue. It's still happening. He's still hearing it, but he's taking himself out of the story, right? Because he's trying to reach back. Like this I'm, I'm really, really trying to justify this, and I, I'm not even on board with the theory, but. <laughs> And again, if Certain they were things are like, oh, that's kind of elegant if that's the way it works. If they weren't currently doing that 90s show yeah. where they're all grown up and they have their own kids and stuff, I might be tempted to think about it. But no, I don't buy it. Like I said, there's a much better coma theory out there. Have you got that one on there? No. The coma theory is Homer's in a coma and has been for the past 37 seasons or whatever it is. At the end of the first season, there's an April Fool's war and Bart puts the beer into the paint shaker. And when he says April Fool and he opens it, Homer's in this massive explosion. 
You have to suspend your disbelief enough that a beer could have that kind of power. But he goes to heaven and talks to God. And at the very end, he says, God, what's the meaning of life? And he says, oh, I'll tell you when you die, Homer. He goes, oh, I can't wait that long. You can't wait two weeks? (laughs) That's the joke. However, after that point, the kids never age. Other kids age. Apu's children go from babies to toddlers Mm. where they stop. Aliens show up. Mr. Burns tries to steal the sun. Maggie never speaks. She never grows up enough to do that. Marge never changes. All the weird stuff that happened, all the Treehouse of Horror ones, that's all his brain breaking down in his coma. Hmm. Which is why all those things never change, because that is his family set in stone. He can't imagine them growing older. And that theory, I have more credence in than Eric's in a coma. Uh, I'll give more to that. The, The biggest problem is just the reality of television is... You can't age characters like that and still have a show go on for 37 seasons. Right. However, again, right. that's the whole point of having other now. children yeah. age. Oh, yeah. No, I, which, I get it. Which is where it starts to break down that logic. Yeah, but other children don't age extensively. No, they age up to where they can talk, yeah. and that's where he lets them stop. Yeah. Because now that's he doesn't have to is, marry is, just. Is yeah. They age to a point within the suspension of animation, right? Is it's to a point where yeah. we can use them? Right? They were a storytelling device here. We have to make them so we can continue using them. Right? I will give you the, the dumbest part that Maggie never talks. That, that one kind of bugged me. Yeah, so that's that's like I said, that's a coma theory that makes more sense to me than... It does. Yeah, no, I, I'll give you that. Yeah, I, I just like poking holes in that. Oh, yeah. Um, Poke away. No, the They're reason, just serious. The reason we do animation is because there are things you can't accomplish with live... Like live action gives you a certain limitation limitation of storytelling you have to be more linear in it right you can't have a show go on for as long as the simpsons has and not tell stories of children aging up yeah right it just happens it is the way it is and that's you know it is what it is moving on from that inception i love inception i've actually never seen it really you need to watch it i do i I know i know the premise i have purposely dissuaded my wife from watching this movie because it will hurt her brain in a way that I don't have the ability to fix <laughs> and can't afford the therapy for. Fair enough. Um, because it is one of those that I had to watch three times before I thought I understood it. Um, it's like Akira. And I still don't know that I do because yeah. I'm still in. Unli- and that's how good that story is told and why I have respect for Leo DiCaprio as an actor because. Dear Lord, that is, it's got layers, man. <laughs> like It's like an going, ogre. Right? It's like an onion. It's got layers. You just oh, like it, parfait. Like cakes. Everybody loves cakes. Everybody loves parfait. <laughs> Anyways. So what's, um, it, what's so the theory? In Inception. Uh, the spinning top doesn't even matter in Inception. So in Inception, for those of you who are unaware, sorry, it's been around long enough yeah. for us to spoil this. The idea is like layers upon layers of dreaming. Um, to get to the point of inception of an idea, right? So uh, this guy's whole job is implanting ideas in business people's minds to make them manipulate or stealing information usually from their thoughts, yep. right? Or from their dreams where they hide stuff. Uh, and like the the brain, the mind will 
subconsciously fight him on it and try and kill him in the dream. Right. They're trying to execute what's called Inception. So the to add an idea that wasn't originally there and trying to add an original thought to somebody's brain is this unheard of thing. Anyways, the way you keep track of not going crazy in layers of dreams is to have a totem so you can tell the difference between when you're dreaming and when you're awake, right? To make sure you know. Totem is something that you've uniquely created. Only you know the weight and specific feel of that particular item. Nobody else is allowed to touch your totem. Okay. Right? It's it's your singular point of sanity, right? If somebody else touches it, they learn the properties of it, and now it's useless. Right. Right? Um, the spinning top in this story is actually his wife's totem, and there's this ongoing story about her and, and the two of them, and he's they're not, like, she's gone and this whole thing. I don't like this series because the top is so well written into this <laughs> that it does it, it matters. It it does matter. Um, the top definitely matters in this. It doesn't it, even if it doesn't matter for the reason that it's trying to. It definitely matters to the character because it doesn't take away from it still being a totem if it belonged to his wife and now belongs to him because she's not there anymore. Right. So he used hers. Right. So he can use hers. Now his is actually his wedding ring um, because in real life he doesn't wear it. So whenever he sees it, he knows it's being imagined. Ah. Right. But other than that, like, yeah, I, I, the spinning top still works and it, it adds levels to the, sh- to the movie. And that's why I, I have a hard time with the, any fan theories about Inception because there needs to be a ton of them in order for you to unpack the whole thing, right? Because there's just too many layers to the story. But that that one, I, you know, yeah. Dexter's Lab? Dexter created his family? I don't, I don't have a problem with that. No? I don't have a problem with that one. I, I'm not big on Dexter's Lab, so you'll have to maybe run with it. Uh, Dexter's Laboratory was, yeah, he's a super genius, potentially a kid, may not be a kid, but uh, he, he created his family like cloning or whatever because of some disaster i'm assuming uh yeah uh, entire family was killed by one of his experiments gone a wire so he he replaced them so with replaced copies them, yeah. right <laughs> sorry i'm not funny about his laughing but his family destroyed have you seen the super mario brother yoshi theory somebody animated it's very funny it's mario comes home from being out puts yoshi in the stable he leaves, he forgets something, he comes back in, and Toad is about to shoot Yoshi in the head and kill it. And he freaks out, why are you trying to kill him? Why are you killing my friend Yoshi? And he's like, well, Mario, I think it's time. And they open a pit, and there's this monstrous, horrendous, ugly dinosaur thing. And he's like, oh my God, what is that? He goes, that is the original Yoshi. Well, why you keep him down there? Why you keep him down? He goes, because we need the eggs. And every day when you pop open a new egg and get a new Yoshi, it's always a new Yoshi. Because after <clears throat> Yoshi's been alive for a week or so, he starts basically eating toads and Developing becoming dinosaur tendencies. Yeah. yeah fully. Funny. So they have one, the original Yoshi that they use to keep the eggs coming for Mario and they go through a whole procedure of why it has to be that way. Mario ends up killing Yoshi himself. 
and then going to sleep and going, I don't know if I can live with myself. And then Toad comes in and kills Mario and then goes down to the lab where they've got like a whole whack of more Mario's growing in the tube. It's real. It's not, a, it's so not a theory theory, but it's hilarious. It was really funny to watch. If you get a chance to see it, I'm sure it's on YouTube. It was very funny. Anyways. Uh, Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller. I like this one. Ferris Bueller is completely and utterly a figment of Cameron's imagination. Yeah. I have a problem with it. Girlfriend. She's imagined too. Uh, I don't buy into that. I don't buy into the girlfriend being imagined. I, I just don't. Okay. I The reason I half buy it is because everything that happens after you meet Cameron is nothing goes wrong for the day. Cameron's obviously hypochondriac, obviously depressed. He's lying in his bed and he's made Ferris up to be the guy that he wished he could be. The happy, the guy who things work out for. I don't believe it, but I can see it. Maybe. I I can buy into the Ferris Bueller thing. I don't buy into Candace. The girl, sorry. Oh, um, no, it's not Candace. It's Sloan. Sloan. Sorry, Sloan. Sloan, darling, come see daddy. You know, yeah. Yeah, I... I don't know. I don't buy into Sloan being imagined. I, I, I don't, don't know buy. Why. Into I, I can't even back it up. That's the worst part. But you I know what? The it. reason I don't buy it yeah. is because of Rooney, the principal. Yeah. They never meet the principal one on one with all three of them. Yeah. And he goes through the worst day trying to catch Ferris. Yeah. So I don't believe it because of Rooney. If Rooney wasn't a thing and they just went downtown and did all these cool things. I would be more inclined to believe it. The more believable angle to this theory would be that the entire day is imagined by camp. Right, everything. Because everybody in the school knows who Ferris is. And Ferris's sister is the breaking point on it. I haven't even thought of this. Ferris's sister is the breaking point on this because aside from Cameron and Ferris... And Sloan and their adventure of things, she is interacting with people who are asking her how her brother is. Yes. So that breaks the theory in, in half. I I would submit to a larger version of Cameron dreaming the entire thing in a sickness state, right? Because he's sick and Ferris is pretending to be sick, and that's like a, a you know, and a fever that dream. becomes a yeah a fever dream, and so there's a little bit more believability to. Ferris doesn't actually exist and, and Sloan can be imagined and it's just this. But it, sister, and that, that in, entails more or or that dives deeper more into Fer, uh, into Cameron's ideal uh, idealistic version of Fer, of himself being yeah. Ferris because that's everybody's concerned about his well-being. But with right? Jeannie and Rooney, that's where it breaks down. Apart. Yeah. So. Now, are there great lines from Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Oh, God, yes. Has it been lampooned and everything up to and including Deadpool? Absolutely. Do I quote Ferris Bueller's Day Off on a weekly, if not sometimes daily basis? Absolutely. Is there ever hope for the Ferris Bueller's Day 2 that we were all hoping for? Sadly, no. I I wouldn't have wanted to see it. I would have, and here's why. The premise I heard being bandied about was they're all adults and they're working in dead end jobs that they all hate. And he's like, you know what? I got away with so much crap as a kid. I want to do it again. That's where I can see it happen. 
But now it becomes unwatchable. <laughs> well, that and and Matthew Broderick isn't exactly Ferris Bueller leading men. Good looking anymore. He doesn't need to be that kind of good looking. No, he he does much better in other parts. He's, uh, you know, he's still. I I still believe he could pull off the swagger, but to me, that that sequel archetype is pandering at something. You're just trying to make money on a thing, and you just you need to leave it like every other movie that's going on right now. This is what I'm saying: is there some things are sacred? They're talking about trying to redo the Princess Bride. I know. This is what I'm talking about. Things need to be left alone. However, <laughs> I heard a really good way to redo the Princess Bride and make it work. Here's what it is. Fred Savage and someone like, say, Queen Latifah. They're at work and she's like, I got to leave work early. My granddaughter's sick. I got to go see her. And he says, here. Why don't you read her this book? My grandfather read it to me as I was sick. It might help her. It really got me closer to my grandfather. And you do the exact same movie, but have all people of color do all the things because the story is not the movie. The story is his imagining of what his grandfather is reading in his head. So if it's a little black girl or a little black boy, the whole movie is completely the same, but completely different. Now, should they do it? Absolutely not. It's a horrible idea. But if they were going to do it, that would almost make it okay. Almost. Because yeah, they're right. I, the story... I, I still stand on it, and it's got nothing to do with appropriation of anything. It's certain things I just want to be left alone. And there's too many of them that are already broken. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And you know what? Who are you going to replace Andre the Giant with? Oh, absolutely. That's lightning in a bottle. Like, oh, that cast geez. was you complete can. lightning in a bottle. They did it for almost no money. The soundtrack was written by Mark Knopfler of Dire Straits entirely on the synthesizer, which is an odd choice for a medieval movie. However, that tone was set with the uh, baseball game he's playing, yeah. which is why that works. And like, it's, Again, the whole movie, none of the movie part matters. It's the interaction between the grandfather and the grandson and the grandson listening and imagining the story as his grandfather tells it to him. Yeah, if you look for Princess Bride as a story to make sense, it, it doesn't have to. Right, it, like it, there are so many things that can fall. It's apart, a fairy tale. The minute you introduce that as you or or remind people that you have to remember this is a little boy's imagination. Yep. Right. Oh, right. And that's why they do so many of those cutscenes in there, right? Because like with the screeching eels or whatever it is, right. right? There's this high intense moment that's coming, and it's just at this point in the movie where it's been long enough that you forgot he was reading a book. Yes. Right. And so they throw it in. There, well, are you okay? she doesn't die she doesn't die what (laughs) she's okay she doesn't literally spoiler alerts itself (laughs) you just look a little concerned (laughs) yeah she's she's okay i wasn't scared and the part where (laughs) where uh wesley dies and he's like you're reading it wrong you're like oh yeah right right it's It's a story story. (laughs) it's a story it's a story uh (laughs) But they place those so well because it oh. legitimately is just the right amount of time for it to be like, oh, right, right, right. It's a book. It's a book. It's a book. And the, <laughs> more, the more you learn stories about 
about the cast and about the movie, it gets better and better and better. Oh, it does. Yeah. Um, Well, hold on. Well, there's two things. Number one, when Wesley gets bonked on the head by Rogan before they bring him to the to the albino again, 25 year old movie. Spoiler alerts not needed where he bashes him on the head to knock him out and they bring him on with the wheelbarrow to the albino. Yep. They couldn't get that shot looking right. And Carrie Elway says, just just bump me. Like, actually make contact. And he came down much harder than he intended <laughs> and knocked <laughs> him out happens. and sent him to the hospital. Yep. In the, 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 I think the scene where it, where he's lying on the bed to the pain, mm-hmm. he was actually he's like, he could in legitimately pain in that, pain, yeah. couldn't move. They, like they him getting get the up, <laughs> had to get the shot because they were such a tight thing. The money wasn't there. And the the reason the studios left him alone is because their budget was so small. Yeah. They didn't care. Like, whatever, make your little movie. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, we haven't lost all that much, whatever. But there's a great story Chris Sarandon says about Honor the Giant. He's got his two young daughters, like four and two or something. And he's like, oh, daddy's doing this movie. This daddy's going to be a prince. Daddy's going to be, you know, whatever. And he goes, and he's working with Andre the Giant. They're like, you're working with a giant? Can we meet him? And he's like, okay, so daddy doesn't mean anything. They just want to meet a giant. So he goes and asks Andre, can I introduce my little girls? He's like, okay, boss, come, no problem. And so he takes the two girls in and he's sitting at this specially made table for him and chair. And he stands up to say hello to them. And the two of them have a beat. And then they just start screaming in fear, like absolutely terrified. Chris uh, has to like bundle them out of there, get them to the car, calm them down. He goes back to apologize to Andre and say, I'm so sorry. They really wanted to meet you, but I guess whatever. He goes, don't worry, boss. They either run to me or away from me. And he learned over the course of his life that children either thought he was the coolest thing ever or they were terrified of him. And he didn't, it didn't, it didn't hurt his feelings it anymore. No, it's, it's it, just you like, know, you know what? Andy yeah. He dealt and he dealt with it. Well, it's not only like that, but I mean, you know, I get kids running away from me because I'm 6'3". And to a two-year-old, you're a giant. You're mm-hmm. terrifying. Imagine a two-year-old used to six-foot people. Why do you think Charlotte's never said two words to you? <laughs> and I don't know why I'm so nice to her. But anyways, uh, so yeah. Uh, you know what? How many more are there? I mean, we can we can go and stop anytime. I got maybe one or two. I think we can. Because we can always do a part two. Some other time. We can do a part two some other time. Let's let's throw one more. Out we're here at and then we'll, we're we'll at fifty five minutes right now. There's probably about five or six minutes of cut. So we're at about fifty minutes we'll throw roughly. One more. Throw and one more. We'll, okay, we'll cap. All right. Uh, Shrek. Oh boy, here we go. Which one? Shrek. Welcome to Doolock. Uh, Donkey from Shrek is actually one of the kids from Pinocchio. I have heard that one. Actually, I like now this one actually. It. I can buy this, and, Except- and fan theories are tough for me to buy. We found quite a few today, actually, that I'm coming around to as we're talking about. Yeah, I, I can almost buy this that. This one I can buy into because he's annoying enough to be one of the kids from Pinocchio. Except Pinocchio doesn't know him. <laughs> that doesn't necessarily mean that's that's assuming he was one of Pinocchio's friends. Okay, but right? the other problem is Pinocchio's is still a wooden boy. At the end of his movie, he turns yeah. into a real boy. 
But I absolutely do not have a problem with that theory. That that could make very well sense because none of the rest of them can talk. None of the rest of the animals can talk. And how cool is it for a little boy to have uh, a dragon well, not, girlfriend? Not none of the rest of the animals. The pigs talk, and there's a few of them. Oh, there. right, yeah, I guess right. you're right. There, there's a good amount of them, but it's not a hard and fast rule. No. I mean, I would assume that the bears can talk, even though they don't. I know they do. Yeah. The, the younger bear goes, Mama, Mama. Oh, right. He does. No, yeah, the reason you said the pigs, I laughed because if you have the Shrek DVD, <laughs> leave it on the menu screen and just let it cycle because it has like a five minute cycle. And at some point, the pigs go, play some movie. Yeah, play. <laughs> and we had our friend's daughter before our kids were born. We were always over there and hanging out with them and helping with their daughters and, you know, whatever. And they loved Shrek. So they would put it on. And, and go. So we'd end up, you know, falling asleep. You know, they'd go lay, lay down for a nap and we'd fall asleep and it'd be on the TV. And all you would hear and you'd wake up and you'd be like, play some movie. Yeah. So it's all in my head. The pigs are German, which is just hilarious. I love, and again, side trailing on it because it was an easy one. Uh, <laughs> it was easy to buy into and we're, we're good with the theory. Yep, we're good with that one. Um, but... And the pigs really are the best part of that movie. <laughs> I think it's, I can't remember if it's in the actual movie or if it's in the Christmas special where the pigs are talking about, the, they're all bundled up in a blanket and they look at each other. So, oh, via pigs in the blanket. Via pigs, yeah? Yeah. So this is funny, yeah? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are so many adult jokes that are in that so movie, many. which makes it palatable. Yeah. Like the whole thing behind Shrek and things like Phineas and Ferb, there's enough adult humor in it that you can deal with watching it. Like the there's a one part that's very subtle where he's watching Princess Fiona in the magic mirror. He lifts the blanket, looks underneath, and has this like face and then goes, okay, and starts drinking. Like it's very subtle. It's again like the the uh, some of the cutscenes in uh, Lego Rise of Skywalker. They make a lot of faces. It's a lot of like they they get the joke. Uh, so we started playing that, and I, <laughs> we we got through to the part where it's like well, something about how did my dad or didn't you know my dad or do you know how my dad died? <laughs> Let's change the subject. Uh, <laughs> did you get to did you get to my favorite one? Have you gone through the trash compactor level? No, not yet. No, oh, okay. I, we we literally got through like the first level and a half. Oh no, I, I'm. I, you'll know. We started late enough. When you get to it, you will know what it is, and you will start laughing because I was laughing. Like there'll be like a level laughing inception. You'll laugh because of it. Then you'll laugh knowing that I was laughing my ass off at it. So, so <laughs> this is how much Finney's and Ferb is affecting my home life right now. Oh no, here we go. <laughs> And this might get cut. This might stay. I don't care. It's up to you. Um, I was chatting with my wife today. And we're talking about how my son's doing in the Pokemon tournament we were having. And I was explaining that I really need to spend some more time training with him. Right? And she replies in the simplest way. Can you imagine what she said? Yes. 104 days. Yes. Yes, you do. To which my appropriate response was, of course, Oh, thanks, Phineas. Uh, <laughs> have you found Barry yet? Like, <laughs> it came back around though because she asked me later, "Is he having a good time?" And I said, 
Yes, yes, he is. <laughs> Again, one of my favorite ones of that is where they deliver a bunch of stuff and there's two delivery men, a young one and an old one. And he goes, aren't you a little young to be getting a particle accelerator? And then the old guy looks at him and goes, yes, yes, he is. Sorry, Phineas, he's new. <laughs> oh, no problem. Uh, no, I, I just watched Across the Second Dimension again. Again, there's all kinds of little jokes. That's uh, worth it. Oh, it's such a good, like, and there's stuff I'm picking up about the show now watching it again because Charlotte was sick the other day and we we're home and she wanted to watch it. And so I went back to start because we don't watch new ones without AJ around. Right. Have you got to the Marvel one yet? No, we haven't done the Marvel oh, one. So I, I watched good. the Star Wars one, but we haven't watched the Marvel one. <laughs> All right, so that is uh, what looks like part one of fan theories. We'll come back to it later. This is this is going to become probably a regular occurrence, like quick picks, quick picks, right? Fan theories because they're just so easy to find, and some of them are a lot of fun to have now. And now I've got to think because we were reading these as we went. First of all, Uh, we didn't study this ahead of time because the one i had found earlier wasn't the one i found today so uh yeah this will probably show up again quite often it's so easy to find uh, things on the internet unlike our toys 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 spectacular this won't be a multi no we're not gonna thing. we'll bring it back some one. other we'll, time we'll around when we're bored yeah <laughs> when we got like oh, what topic do you want to do today okay let's do this let's do some more fan theories all right all right, so uh, that's what we got for today. And Hasta lasagna. Don't get any on you. Well, that wraps it up for this topic. However, the list of topics is ever-growing. So if you have a show idea or a topic you think we should discuss, please send it to Christian at FrugalDutchman.com. Or join us on Facebook, TFDATC. That's the Frugal Dutchman at the counter. So join us once again where nerdy isn't dirty. It's a badge of honor. For Christian, I'm Marcus. For Marcus, I'm Christian. And we'll see you at the counter. counter.